Hello, and thanks so much for joining me today for another edition of Face the Facts. I'm your host, April Moss. Today, I'm delighted to be joined by a speaker, media commentator, and American author, Floyd Brown, who's also the founder of the Western Journal and of Citizens United. And I'm really honored to bring him on the show today. He's going to talk about exactly the phase of uh, society, life, culture that we are living through in these times in America. We know that so many of our traditional values are being attacked, but not many people come up with a solution of how to fix this, how to get out of what seems to be a very big pit. So joining me now is Floyd Brown. Thank you so much for joining us today. April, it's great to be with you. And um you know, I, I kind of think of this as a journey that we're all on mm-hmm. uh, together. And um, uh, so I actually, I start my book with a story from during the middle of COVID, which, um, you know, really was part of, you know, opening my eyes. I uh, received a call from this guy, Clay Clark, who I'd never heard of, and uh, uh Clay said, hey, um, I'm a business consultant and coach, and all my businesses are shut down. All the businesses that that I coach have been shut down. And so I'm trying to hold a conference to talk about why we need to get this country open back up. And um, I I kid him now. I say, well, what you did was you cold called all of the least compliant people in America and invited them to this conference. But it was it was really eerie because you, if you remember traveling back then, you would go into the airport and it would have kind of this silence that you hadn't ever seen at the airport. Yeah. And um, uh, and then, you know, you would you'd wander through this empty airport, you get on a plane, there'd be a few other people. But then I remember landing in Tulsa and I, I walk out on the sidewalk there's, there's, there's no taxis. There's no, I try to call an Uber. There's no Uber available. I try to call Lyft. There's no Lyft. Yeah. And I'm you wondering fly into the Tulsa airport and you don't, <laughs> there's not a lot around. <laughs> so, so um, uh, finally I found like the last taxi and I, I was able to, to get to my hotel, which was also empty. And then I come into this conference the next day and there are literally 5,000 people hanging from the rafters. And it's every walk of life. These are mm-hmm. restaurant owners that want to get their restaurant open. These are gym owners that want to get their gym opened. Uh, they, these are nurses that, that don't want to get the jab and firefighters that don't want to get the jab. It was like the most eclectic audience you could ever imagine. And then something just amazing happened. We regained kind of all together our humanity. And there's not a mask in the room. We're all hugging. We're, 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 we're touching each other. And it's just amazing, this wonderful unity that broke out. I kind of, uh, um, it was like the spirit of God was there. And yeah. we had this just amazing time of, of love and unity. And it was the polar opposite of everything we had been experiencing for the year before that, where they had run this, you know, nationwide psychop 
-hmm. into our brains, trying to get us to huddle in our houses alone, not even speaking to family members, wearing masks in our cars alone. I mean, it was like these people had yeah. been running this gigantic psych op on our brains. And, and together, at least with the 5,000 that were in that room, it broke. It was like a fever breaking. And it was so wonderful. And uh, so it brings the humanity back, right? It, 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 it makes you human again. Yeah. And it was so wonderful. Um, you know, I'd always been kind of a hugger anyway, and I could hug people again. It just made me feel great. Yeah. So, so um, I started going on uh, this tour with Clay because, you know, one mm -hmm. conference wasn't good enough. We had to hold one every month. And <laughs> in fact, I think he held a total of 18 of them, of which I think I spoke at uh, 10 or 12 of them. I mean, it was He's a, a machine, isn't he? <laughs> what? It, He's a machine, isn't he? It was a relentless <laughs> schedule and uh, with barely a breath. But um, every one of those conferences I went to, people would say, what can I do? Mm -hmm. how, how can I get involved? And so I literally wrote this book, Counterpunch, to answer mm -hmm. that question. How can I get involved and what can I do? And so that's kind of how it all started. And um, uh, fortunately, what we're doing is helping people get their life back. And, you know, I, I felt mm -hmm. so good the other day. Um, actually, yesterday, I went out to lunch here in Phoenix uh, at a place called Matt's Big Breakfast, and it was jammed. I mean, it was jammed like it used to be jammed, mm -hmm. and the people were all in there huddled together, and I thought, yes, it's yes. finally over. <laughs> I know. It's funny. When you go to the red states, you really realize, okay, uh, life is pretty much back to normal for the most part. Except for, you know, here and there, you go into a downtown area, you might see some people still masking up. But for the most part, uh, it seems like we're beginning to come back. But I, I want you to I want you to explain to me a little bit, because you said uh, earlier, you said, you know, we're winning and we're going to win. And yes. it's interesting because as of right now that you and I are talking, you know, Trump is still looking at a possible indictment. Uh, right. And so there are so many people that say, well, how could you even say we're winning right now? Um, I'd love for you to talk about that. I know that you're I know you're close with General Flynn and um, I have his book, Fifth Generation Warfare. My husband and I read it. It's an excellent book. And so you have kind of his military, you know, book talking about that. And then now your book, Counterpunch, is like, yep, this is what's going on. But I have a, we have a plan. Here's a plan in place to put things back in the right order. So, so we are winning, um, April because of, uh, people are awake yeah, and more are waking up every day. True. And, uh, you know, I think, um, so one of the things I do, I talk about in the book is analyzing the failures that uh, the right or the conservative movement has had over the last uh, 40 years of my active work in politics. In my 20s, I, I got a job in the Reagan campaign in 1980 and uh, uh, literally was part of the Reagan revolution. I graduated from college in 1983 and I loaded all my belongings in the back of my Mustang 
and I'm originally from Seattle, I drove to Washington, D.C., and I took a job in the Reagan administration. And for me, it was a it was I was part of the Reagan revolution and we were going to literally change government. We were going to reorder everything. And we were so excited and we were so, you know, just into it. And President Reagan was a good president and he accomplished a lot of things. And the Berlin Wall came down, which if a president can accomplish one major thing, they're a success. And sure. so, you know, bringing the Berlin Wall down was a success for him. But we didn't reorder the way government worked, which was what I wanted to do. And about two years into that, I had a mentor at the time. His name was Stan Evans. And Stan said to me something that I think captured it when he, he, he said, you know, Floyd, we came to Washington and we were going to change this place. And we knew it was a cesspool. Washington was a cesspool. Mm -hmm. But now, you know, we've been here a couple of years and what we've realized is it's, is it's actually a hot tub. And that kind of captures what happens to people when they come to Washington, D.C. So in my lifetime, we've had uh, four major uh, wave elections. First, the uh, Reagan Revolution. Then in 1994, I was running Citizens United at the time. Uh, we had uh, the contract for America and the wave election with Newt Gingrich, where mm -hmm. we recaptured control of Congress and, and Newt became the speaker. And we thought this time, this time we're going to change everything. And, and yet, um, just like any big wave that hits the beach, it breaks and then it kind of goes back mm -hmm. out into the ocean. Nothing really happened. And then um, by uh, 2009, I was running the Western Journal and we had the Tea Party movement and it led to a wave election in 2010. And once again, you know, I, I remember going to hundreds of Tea Party rallies around the country. We had them everywhere. And I was traveling with uh, Joseph Farah from World Net Daily and Andrew Breitbart. Uh, was going around to them. And, and I mean, we thought literally we we're going to change America again with the Tea Party. But once again, it broke on the beach and kind of went out. Mm -hmm. Same with 2016. But we've been getting closer every time. So why am I excited and why do I think things are going to change? Let me, let me, let me tell you. It's because of the way change comes to a country. First of all, for those four wave elections, in our mind, what we thought is, hey, if somebody rides on a white horse into Washington, D.C., they can save us. Mm -hmm. And whether it was Ronald Reagan or Newt Gingrich or Donald Trump, you know, that act of riding into town on the white horse or wearing the white hat, that was how we were going to change it from the top down. Mm-hmm. That's not how a country changes. It changes from the bottom up. And uh, let me give you an example. Uh, during the last year and a half, people have been astounded that they've found that their local school board is full of LGBTQ activists. I know here in Phoenix, we have one called the Washington School District. And the parents who, who, who woke up and the, the woman running the school district 
wears little kitty ears, and she says she identifies as a cat. She's a, a non-binary cat or whatever. And she's literally running the school board. And you ask yourself, now, why is it this school district has numerous mega churches inside the school district? Mm -hmm. Okay, And yet the LGBTQ activists who don't even have kids are mm -hmm. running the school board. Yeah. And the reason is, is because in those churches, the pastors of those mega churches were telling the people in the pews, you know, politics is dirty. Uh, stay out of it. We stay out of politics. I know. And you don't want to really go there because uh, that's, uh, that's it's dirty. Evil. It's, yeah. yeah. I, I, I say this all the time that this is one of the major reasons why we have gotten to the place where we have in this country is because there were not enough pastors who wanted to actually preach biblical values in a way that helped people understand and apply them to real life, one. And two, they, like you said, were actually telling people it, it's evil to get involved with politics. So just stay out of it. And and that's not at all how, you know, Jesus intended for no. his so, followers to, to be. So, um, uh, and, and uh, so, but, but see, people are waking up to that. And that's mm. why I'm hopeful. So now you have more mama bears uh, going out to the school board meetings than ever. And you know what? They're not going to listen to their pastor if their pastor uh, tells them not to go because mm -hmm. they want to protect their kids. Okay. Yeah. That's a, that's a sea change. So the left Absolutely. takes every low office they can. They run for school board. They run for justice of the peace. They run for county auditor. They run for uh, city council. They run for every single office and they work up from the bottom. And the, le and, the, and the left knows that's how you change a country. So even in many, many red states, you've got strong, hardcore leftists in these jobs. And the reason is, is it's because it's their religion. And you have to understand that. America has become a, a country of idolatry. And idolatry is covetousness. Mm -hmm. And these people literally worship government because it's their change agent. Mm -hmm. And for us, we worship Jesus. And um, Jesus taught us that his salvation has to impact every part of our life. It isn't just about going to church on Sunday. If it doesn't affect you Monday through Friday or Monday through Saturday also, then 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 it's a false religion. Right. And so um, so we are seeing this change. And what happened, too, is a lot of the mega churches are sitting empty. And the reason is because those pastors are still masked up and they they, you know, some of them. 30% of churches are never going to reopen April. 30%. Imagine that. Yeah. And people that wanted to go to church because they love Jesus and they want to worship, they went and found churches during COVID that love Jesus and want to worship and continued to worship right through it all. That's Courageous right. pastors have seen unbelievable growth in their congregations as a result of it. So, well, you know, we were never supposed to live by the spirit of fear. 
And that Never. that's the number one thing that bothered me during COVID was, you know, everyone in history, I think, in modern day history knows that if you're sick and you're hacking and coughing, you just stay home, right? It's common sense. Right. And, and and to regulate people, you know, um, and force them to wear masks at church and all of these things or don't sing. Did you remember that when some of the oh, churches I know. were you can't saying, worship. Yeah. Well, don't, why don't do you go sing. to church? You go to church to worship. <laughs> right. So, yeah, we've really lived through some hard, hard times and come through on the other side. But you are yeah. right. The, the churches and the pastors that stayed open and, um, you know, really preached that, hey, we're still going to meet together. We're still going to talk about the good news of Jesus. They they were the ones that flourished. Yeah. And so and so uh, this is why I see a change that's happened. And and actually, one of the things General Flynn says a lot is local action makes national impact. Yeah. And uh, really, that's part of the thesis of my book. Having been involved in politics for 40 years, I take everything I've learned and kind of digest it back out and give people ideas on how they can impact their local communities. And it's it's something that's already happening. And we see that it's 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 an ongoing process. That's why I'm optimistic. So I just got back from Florida where I went to um, a meeting uh, that was organized by Lance Wallnow and Mario Marillo, mm-hmm. and it was called the Fire and Glory Meetings. And uh, it was it's, was really interesting. It was like a revival where we also taught politics. So mm-hmm. during, you know, during the, the, the evening sessions, Mario would hold his regular evangelistic crusade like he would normal, normally do. But then on top of it, we added a daytime component where we talked about organizing and politics. So in the Bible, there's a great verse, uh, not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord. And the the key to that verse, and I believe the insight that we have had as, as Christians and as our movement um, is that uh, the next wave election that comes, it's not going to be any uh, man on a white horse riding in and fixing things. It is going to be the people of God coming together in unity, reclaiming the DNA of the country they live in. First of all, you have to realize Satan is a spirit of division. Mm-hmm. Uh, he he sows pain. Uh, everything you've seen is right out of the pit of hell, whether it's, you know, school, kids not going to schools, uh, the border breaking down and fentanyl mm-hmm. pouring into our communities and people ODing. This is, this is all from, um, this is all from Satan. Mm-hmm. And God wants us to come together in unity. And America was always an interesting country because unity was really in our DNA. We're even called the United States of America. It's, it was all about unity. And that unity, I think, is going to return. And we are going to cross racial barriers. We're going to bring reconciliation. And we're going to bring love back to our communities. And we're going to do it neighborhood by neighborhood, town by town, county by county, 
And we're going to take this country back with the power of our love and the power of God's spirit. So what you have to understand is it's not just a political battle. It is also a spiritual battle. And that spiritual battle, because it says clearly in the book of Ephesians that we're battling against uh, uh, the unseen realm. There is more to what's going on here than what we can see. And so mm -hmm. we have to bring the weapons of spiritual warfare together with the, the, the old-fashioned political organizing that I've done my whole life, bring mm -hmm. it together, and then we will change America. Because if you look at American history, the times it has changed has been with great renewal and great revival. Our, our own revolution started after and as part of the Great Awakening, the first Great Awakening here, George Whitfield uh, and the Wesley Brothers. And then you had the Civil War really came out of the awakening of the abolition movement, that people just couldn't put up with the sin of slavery anymore. And, it, it, and, and sadly, it, it led to a war. But then America was once again united after that. And, um, uh, you know, we were able to, to end Jim Crow relatively peacefully through uh, uh, Martin Luther King's um, movement of civil disobedience. And I think that we're going to reclaim our, our freedom again, and we're going to reclaim our unity again through another great awakening. So it's going to, it's, it's like two waves coming together and it's going to change the country in really wonderful and, uh, and, and really unpredictable to Satan ways. You know, it's interesting because, uh, you know, I talk all the time on my show about I'm a mom, we homeschool, but our kids have um, for a year here or a year there been in school. And I don't think I've ever seen parent involvement like I see it now. And most parents who always sent their kids to school um, looked forward to those six hours where they were either staying at home and their kids were at school or they had to go to work. And now you see such a intentionality among parents to either put their kids in private school or be really on top of the content that is in the public school curriculum um, or this massive wave of homeschooling, which is really exciting because I think that the, the bottom line is kids are going to be healthy and grow up with, with good emotional support when parents are involved in their lives and in the content that they're learning. So yeah. that's been a great thing that I've witnessed uh, just in the last couple of years since we started to hear about this agenda and, and you know, the critical race theory entering the schools. And so I talk about a number of other things in the book and Part of it is about how the elites have used the government to fleece the entire country and to and to rob all of us. So mm -hmm. That's part of what people need to understand is that this is about a, a little tiny, tiny group of elites making a whole lot of money off of us. We've never had a time in our history where there's a, a, a greater wealth disparity than we have right now in America and where they're grinding down the middle class uh, mm -hmm. like they've never done before through inflation and the other tools that they have available. And you have to realize they've literally bought off government in order to do this. And so um, uh, they, uh, I talk about three different 
industrial complexes. One is the military industrial complex. One I call the, the pharma industrial complex. And the third one I talk about is the tech media industrial complex. And these three industrial complexes, which are run by very few people, have made unbelievable profits through crisis. And mm -hmm. government loves crisis too. You remember even back uh, Rahm Emanuel, when he was working as uh, Bill Clinton's chief of staff said, you know, you never let a crisis go to waste. Mm -hmm. So they actually like COVID. They like the banking crisis we're going through right now because they use those crises, number one, to profit themselves. And number two, uh, to gain more power over the American people and to take, you know, uh, your power away from you. And so uh, I think what there could be some very dark days ahead, but uh, after those dark days, because they, 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 they've been trying to force crises. They've mm -hmm. been doing things to make it worse, actively making it worse. I mean, you know, finally Donald Trump had gotten the border in some kind of organization. And what does Biden come along and do? He just, basically opens the whole thing up. And now we have, uh, you know, uh, Chinese nationals coming across the right. Central America right. into, into our country. Yeah. And, and, and it could be a military unit for all we know. Well, remember we just the release them into the country. What, you know, yeah. it's like, uh, you know, these people are intentionally destroying America. But yeah. I think as they continue to try to destroy it, People are waking up and, you know, we may have we may have a, a tough road between now and when we finally recapture it. But when we recapture it, we are going to remake it. And mm -hmm. um, I talk about what we need to do to remake it in the book. And uh, the, the biggest like part three bullet points, because this is a big concept. You know, you think about. You think about all of the illegals that are coming across our southern border. You think about all of the policies that Biden has put in place. Many, many of the great things that Trump done has done. Uh, Biden has, you know, undone them all. Where do we give me three bullet points of what you think if we hit rock bottom, where do we need to start or do to implement to get back to having unity and having our country back again. Yeah. Well, the first thing we need to do is we need to go through government and, and literally um, decide number one, we're not going to try and rule the world. We're not an empire. Okay. So that means we retrench our military. We bring them home from around the globe. We get out of a lot of these international organizations and we say, okay, we're going to take care of America. Maybe we, we put our, our military to work rebuilding our infrastructure. Shoot, they've been rebuilding the infrastructure of Iraq while the bridges of America fall apart. Okay, mm -hmm. so that's number one, to, to bring our, our, our boys home and to once again uh, have them be about the defense of the homeland as opposed to the defense of everybody else's homeland. Mm -hmm. um, and number two, we go through Washington, D.C., and if a government agency is unconstitutional, like, for example, the Department of Education, we just eliminate it. We shut it down, totally close it. There's no reason for a National Department of Education. And we just send it back to the states and we tell Kansas, you're in charge of your schools. Uh, New York, you're in charge of your schools. 
uh, California, you're in charge of your schools and, um, and uh, we're just not going to be involved at the federal level anymore. And there are literally thousands of agencies like this that have grown up from, you know, first the big new deal of Franklin Roosevelt and then the great society of LBJ. And those, those all have to go away and Washington DC needs to get smaller. I, I feel the same way about law enforcement. Uh, mm -hmm. Law enforcement needs to be handled at the state and local level. And it doesn't need to be, we don't need to build a an FBI center that's bigger than the Pentagon. Oh, oh you don't think we need that to, you know, target, see if we have more domestic terrorists in this country? Well, <laughs> so, so um, uh, you know, we, we, we know where the threats are. And, yeah. and the threats are coming across our southern border. I can right. tell you, I live in Phoenix, okay? The cartels literally control certain areas of Phoenix. Uh, people won't even go there. And so, uh, you know, we have, a, we have dangerous, dangerous conditions in America. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I would say, let's send the SEALs in there. Let's mm -hmm. clean that up. Uh, let's send the SEALs into Mexico, which has become a narco state, and mm -hmm. shut down the cartels in Mexico, um, you know, we, we do have threats, but, um, uh, you know, to me, Ukraine is just a total and complete waste of money, but it's important for the military industrial complex because they're making a lot of money off of it. Right. So what, what you, what you figure out is this is all about money. And, um, uh, I talk about changing the tax code, eliminating the income tax, which, uh, we would have to change the Constitution to do because they they had to change the Constitution in order to have an income tax. Mm -hmm. So there there are a number of things we can do, um, and uh, um, I lay out the whole plan in 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 the book. And um, well, I can't wait to read it. Tell everybody where they can go to buy it. So, and uh, yeah, right now it's available for pre order at. Mm -hmm. um, Amazon. It's available for pre-order at christianbook.com. Mm -hmm. um, but, it, you know, the, probably the easiest place to order it right now is Amazon. Just uh, uh, search Counterpunch uh, and uh, my name, Floyd Brown. Or mm -hmm. we do have a website called uh, floydbrownbook.com, which you can go to, and that will give you a lot of different places you can order. So um, it's, it's, it's on pre-order now. It'll be out April 4th. I can tell you, you know, just coming home from that fire and glory meeting, 5,000 people showed up in Ocala, Florida, and it was it was amazing. The people get it and they want to change things and they're going to change things. That's why I really feel great about the future. And, and just like you're homeschooling your kids, other people are doing the same. People are going out to school board meetings like they've never gone before. People are going out to their local city council meetings like they never have before. And we are going to change those offices. And I encourage people, run for office, run for mayor, run for uh, school board. Uh, you're as qualified as any of these LGBTQ activists are mm -hmm. to run a school board. Uh, and, and just go and, and be the change you want. I'm On that note, do you have a section in your book where you talk about how we revamp our election systems? I mean, we know we need to get rid of the machines, but um, 
you know, to that point, so many people listening would say, well, I'd like to run, but I don't know that I could even trust that it would be a legit election. So if you actually look at the way they've been stealing elections, it's very hard for them to steal all elections. They, Mm -hmm. They have to focus on one or two races. So they might focus on a governor's race or they might focus on a presidential race or a U.S. Senate race. But they don't they 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 aren't able to focus on every single lower race. That's why, you know, um, we we were still able to capture Congress. They are using all of the tools against us. But, you know, a lot more people have been elected. We had a huge, huge um change in school boards in the country in this last election. If you want to talk about a wave election, we had a school board wave election, even out in California, in places like San Diego, they were changing the school boards. It's because they don't have the tools to to capture all of this at the local level. And that's where we're going to change the country. We are going to change the country by protecting our own neighborhood, protecting where we live. And, um, uh, it's uh, it's it's a different way to look at it, but it's the way the left has always looked at it. And yeah, they, they go into it because they worship God. Government, you know, we need to go into it because Jesus sends us into it. Amen to that. I I couldn't agree with you more on that. And uh, Floyd, thank you so much for joining the show today. I really enjoyed talking with you. And uh, you know, your book Counterpunch is like the antidote to Saul Alinsky's Rules for Radicals. So I encourage everybody to uh, head over to Amazon, purchase that book, check out Floyd online, tell them where they can find you on social media. So I'm at Floyd Brown on Twitter and uh, at Floyd Brown on Truth Social. And uh, and then of course, always Western Journal is uh, a great place to uh, see what what we're thinking. We, we, we try to present the truth. Um, our slogan around here is from the book of a Hosea. Um, my people perish for lack of knowledge. And that's what we try to do at Western Journal is do what you're doing. And that is give people empowerment through knowledge. The more they know, the more they can get involved and the more they can change their own lives. Floyd, thanks for joining us today. God bless you. Thank you. And God bless you. Appreciate what you're doing. April. Thank you.